0: You open up a manhole, at the bottom of which you open up a womanhole, at the bottom of which you open up a door that is actually a sandwich that you burned in your toaster oven last Wednesday. You take a bite out of that sandwich, and it tastes okay. It's only then you realize that it's not food in your mouth, but instead an actual witch made of sand, who has now sent you sideways into a half-dimensional plane for taking a bite out of her. The half-dimensional plane is one of those with no assigned seats, so you watch as half the passengers completely misinterpret the rules. You are bored. Your interdimensional flight is taking a long time. You look in front of you, and there are no magazines in the laminated magazine holder on the back of the seat in front of you. However you do notice that the laminate on the magazine holder on the back of the seat in front of you is peeling a little bit. It's also adopted a bit of a greenish-brown hue around where it is peeling. It must be a little old and getting kind of gross and dirty. So what do you do? Do you Call someone to get this disgusting mess removed from your sight? Not at all. That's absurd. Instead, you start absentmindedly picking at it. Just pulling little bits of the laminate away. Bit by bit by bit. Until you've torn off almost half the laminate. What's wrong with you? And what's more... You notice the only thing stopping the laminate from completely detaching from the magazine holder on the back of the seat in front of you is a sticker. A sticker that says, this laminate was produced in the crepuscular light adjacency. I'm Luke Alexander, and I'll be guiding you through this alien realm. Some of the stories you hear will be short. Some of them will be long. And all of them will be outlandishly bizarre, which, in the crepuscular light, adjacency means completely ordinary and unremarkable. Today, we'll be reading a heartwarming story. Oh, sorry, heartwarming story called "Aliens." Actually, let us begin. It was a sleepy spring afternoon. In the bedroom of six-year-old twins, Polly and Robert, they were stuck in their twin beds. Twin beds here referring not only to the fact that they are twins, but that the beds themselves are also twins, as in twin beds, double meaning. They were both playing with their holographic phones and their invisible virtual reality devices where they were traveling across the eons of time to fantastical worlds. And then a creak of the door to their bedroom brought them out of their fantastical splendor and back into their stuffed noses of reality. They were sick with fever, and someone was here to visit them. Grandpa Glockenspiel, their favorite grandfather, as he liked to say. Grandpa Glockenspiel was very old. Many said over his 210th year. His skin was saggy and decrepit, his eyes ...faded into almost oblivion with cataracts... ...and were it not for his hover shoes... ...he would surely have been a lying blob on the floor. With great difficulty, Grandpa Glockenspiel scanned the room. He did not know where the twins were... ...and instead noticed an assortment of large stuffed animals... He addressed them as if they were the children. Why, hello there, children. How are you doing today? It's Grandpa, Grandpa Glockenspiel, as I like to say. Hmm. Polly turned her head. Grandpa, we're over here. Uh, What was that? Sorry, children, must have been the wind. Now... Where was I? Oh yes, I was just reading the holographic magazine. Did you children know that some people think the universe is made out of bits of yarn? Or was it string? No, 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 it must be yarn. That's why us old folks are so known for our knitting. Knitting the fabric of reality. But what is the fabric of reality? Is it yarn? Is it silk? Maybe a nice polyester blend. Really, what I'm asking is, do we have any way of knowing if the universe sheds microfibers? And if so, are we doing anything to offset the universe's carbon footprint? Polly rolled her eyes and turned to Robert. He's doing it again. Robert cleared the snot out of his nose with an invisible handkerchief tossed it into an invisible trash bin and then incinerated it with an invisible futuristic flame that would have looked really cool had it not been invisible then he spoke up clearing his throat of its visible mucus grandpa grandpa over here grandpa glockenspiel swiveled around like an old, beaten office chair. Oh, children, 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 it's so nice to see you. I'm so glad you could come. Grandpa, you came here to visit us. What? You came here to watch us while Mommy and Daddy are at space work. Space work? Is there not enough space for them to work from home or something? No, Grandpa, space work, like working in space, Polly gestured to the space decorum on the wall above her bed. Oh, my. Oh, yes, yes, of course, of course, yes. That's exactly what I meant. Grandpa, Grandpa, whined Robert, what? Grandpa, my tummy hurts. Grandpa, mine hurts more than Polly's. Now, now, children, don't fuss. It's not a competition. Be assured, if it were, my chronic back pain would blow you both out of the water. Grandpa, what does chronic mean? I think he's talking about drugs. Grandpa Glockenspiel turned back to the stuffed animals as if... He had completely forgotten that Robert and Polly were right there in the beds and not laying on the floor in multiple-stuffed animal fashion. You children know how I was saying the thing about yarn. Well, other people still think that they're a bunch of universes. Maybe they're the same people that think about yarn theory. I don't know, don't quote me. But yes, a bunch of universes, infinitely similar or different to this one. Oh, pretty interesting, hmm. Grandpa, stop talking to our stuffed animals. Yeah, Grandpa, only we can do that. They don't know you. Maybe in one universe. Grandpa Glockenspiel leaned in close to an extremely well-stuffed elephant. Maybe in one universe, you're actually there listening to me. Grandpa, Robert won't stop flinging his boogers on me. Nah, uh she's imagining it, Grandpa. In all this mess of theorems, I have found one that jiggles the tapioca in my tummy, like no other children. The theory that the universe, or the universe is, or is it universe I? We'll come back to that. Oh, oh, what have you, isn't made out of yarn, but what if it was made out of love? Or was it made out of yarn that was itself made out of love? Can you make yarn out of love, children? Do you know anything about yarn? At the very least, the idea is that the human experience, though characterized by obscene acts of violence and cruelty, indecency, idiocy, laziness, perversion, perturbation, absorption, repulsion, absolution, and exfoliation, is underlined in Bornface typed by love. Oh yarn. Not italicized, though, never been a fan of italics. Nevertheless, it's a theory some might consider baseless. Others might consider it tasteless, while others may consider it absolutely better and disgusting. Others still might take the theory better with a mixer. I prefer my theory straight, though. Or on the rocks, with a twist of lemon. Maybe a cherry, if appropriate. Some folks may even fare better taking in the theory by suppository, (laughs) though I'm afraid the threshold for abuse there is severely raised if, um... Oh dear, what was I on about again, there, children? Oh my! Grandpa, I'm bored. Tell us a story. Yeah, Grandpa, tell us a story. Grandpa Glockenspiel snapped out of his fervor and looked at the children once again. Oh! A story! What a great idea I just had! It was my idea, Grandpa. Of course it was! You've always been the brighter child! Grandpa, it wasn't even her idea! She was lying! Now let me tell you a very special story, children! It's the story of how your grandmother and I met! Oh, great. Is this going to be some long, drawn-out adventure full of lovable characters and memorable quotes that we originally dismiss as being corny and gooey, but instead is full of excitement and adventure and journeys to all kinds of crazy places we can barely imagine? No, not at all. It's fairly brief and was during a time where nearly the entire world was locked in their homes with an almost complete ban on outside human contact. No grand adventure at all. Sounds pretty boring, Grandpa. If you were lucky enough to be bored. (laughs) So why was everyone stuck at home? Was it some sort of global outbreak? Like, some sort of disease? Oh, self-centered child, just thinking that because, I don't know, you're sick in bed? No, a disease locking down the entire world and threatening tons of human lives, while thrusting inequities in everyone's face and pumping the general populace with enough anxiety and paranoia to make a crummy pie by emotional osmosis? No, that's absolutely preposterous. Oh, okay. It was aliens, actually. Aliens, Grandpa? Yes, aliens. Crazy, tiny, little bloodthirsty aliens floating around in the air. Scarcely bigger than a fly. If you didn't look closely, you wouldn't even notice them. Except the neon purple ones, of course. Really hard to miss those. <laughs> It all started many, 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 many years ago in the messy studio apartment of a young man named Chet, one of my old college buddies. He was what some would call a walking catastrophe. A young Grandpa Glockenspiel, in a full hazmat suit, knocked on the door. Chet, who had just taken a moment to pick his nose and flick the booger across the room, paused. Ugh, coming, Filbert. Robert's voice interrupted the story. Filbert? But your name's Grandpa. My name is Filbert, and I am your Grandpa. I am not everyone's Grandpa. I don't know about that. I bet you could be everybody's grandpa. Oh, okay. Grandpa Glockenspiel resumed the telling of the story with a bit of a twist. Philbert Glockenspiel knocked on the door. Chet took a moment to stop picking his nose and flicking the boogers. Ugh, coming, Grandpa. Chet opened the door. "'Chet, do you ever find it odd that everyone calls me Grandpa, "'and that I have the voice of a two-hundred-and-something-year-old man?' "'Not at all, dude, not at all. "'I just kind of feel like you're everybody's Grandpa. "'You know what I mean?' "'Polly nodded in approval as the story continued. "'Filbert, also known as Grandpa, stripped off his hazmat suit,' and tossed it into the fireplace of the studio apartment. How many of these do we have left? Chet counts to seven on his fingers. I don't know, Gramps. Like, eleven? We're kind of low on kerosene, too. Who knew burning hazmat suits was so difficult? Am I right? Chet squinted at... Filbert slash Grandpa. Dude, Grandpa, why is your face so flushed? You know that's one of the symptoms of alien infection. Grandpa sighed and stared at the ceiling, glassy-eyed. But not from cataracts. Oh, it's not that. I just have a bunch of flies in my belly. Chet's eyes grew huge as he pulled out a sharpened wooden stake. Shit, man, I was worried it would come to this. It's not butterflies, Gramps. You got a belly full of aliens, and you know what I've got to do. Chet, put that down, you doofus. I'm talking about love. Dude, what? I met someone. Or I caught a glance of someone. By pure chance of clumsiness our butts brushed paths. The room got still and it almost seemed like the lights dimmed to a dark pinkish purple hue. I was just walking to the studio apartment and... I leaned down because I thought I saw a penny laying on the floor, but at that same point in time, pun not intended, someone was coming out of the apartment next to us, and their butt bumped right into my butt. You know, that butt touch told me everything I needed to know. Then afterwards, when she swung around all embarrassed, and through the thick, see-through face windows of our hazmat suits, I saw what I can only say is the most beautiful woman I've ever attempted to lay my eyes upon. I knew it was love. Chet let out a long sigh, burp, and fart of relief. And tossed the wooden stake aside. He brought Grandpa in for a deep, long, too long hug. Oh, thank God, Grandpa! I don't think I had it in me to cut you like a fish and cut all the aliens out of you. I couldn't even cut a fish like a fish man when I had to for biology. But uh, let me clarify something. Where did you say she was coming from? Oh, it's the best part. She came from the apartment next door. Chet attempted to do a spit take, but because he wasn't drinking anything, just hocked up a bit of a loogie and then sucked it back down. Her? Grandpa, have you not heard her singing in the shower? If you can even call it that. What? Chet ushered grandpa, over to the far corner of the apartment. Okay, look man, if you put your ear to this wall, right by this concerning patch of black fungus that I intend to completely ignore otherwise, but if you put your ear there, and you hear water running through the walls because they're so terribly thin, you will hear her showering. Or flushing the toilet, but, you know, showering. And when she showers, dude, oh, man, the singing is so bad. It's so bad. It's like a bunch of knives going through your ear canals, man, I'm telling you. Hmm. Like knives going through your ear canals? Grandpa stood and thought. And then he realized that the singing that he had been hearing that had been figuratively stabbing his ear canals while he was trying to sleep every night around nine PM was this woman serenading herself tone deafly. So those are the docent tones that have haunted my dreams for the last two months. Oh man. You, you like that? I, I should have stabbed you while I had the excuse to. Shit. Grandpa Glockenspiel blinked his eyes and looked back at the stuffed animals in the bedroom. And then we sat on opposite ends of the room with our laptops on our laps, shopping online. And we had our phones in our hand, judging the cherry-picked lives of people we'd hardly talked to or never even met. And we played the television on the eightieth episode of a show we'd never paid attention to with every word said between each other. Brings a tear to my eye. Yes, those were the days. Enjoying what semblance of human contact in normal life would still had. So fortunate were we so very fortunate. Not like you kids stay with your neural linkage and your holographic gerbils and your fourth dimensional badminton and your swimming cars Blah Everybody said they would be flying cars, but no no it had to actually end up being swimming cars. Just get a boat. Grandpa, what's a boat? Grandpa Glockenspiel turned back to the children. Oh wouldn't you like to know? So Grandpa, was that the whole story? What story, Polly, my child? Uh, about you meeting Grandma in a hazmat suit. That wasn't your grandmother in the hazmat suit. It was just some woman. I think it was a woman. Honestly, could have easily been a man with a very high voice and very tone deaf ears. The our business as I realized I really needed to get with someone. So I went online and found this beautiful woman from Bolivia. And we spent months video chatting and making chat very uncomfortable. And then she said her father needed a kidney transplant after the aliens signed a very small peace treaty. And then she scammed me out of $40,000 and my left kidney. Well, then one of those nurses that helped me donate my kidney to her father, if that was even her father, told me that I had the prettiest kidney that she'd ever seen. And then we got married, but we divorced after a year because it turned out she just wanted to emigrate to the United States, which isn't even a country anymore. But what about Grandma? What about her? You said this story was about her. Oh, yes, of course, of course. Well, not even a month after the divorce was finalized, I sat in a bar, well inebriated, and this terrible tone-deaf assault on my ear canals caught my attention. It was the woman, not man. Honestly, I'm still not really sure if they were either, but I went up to them, and they remembered Me, as that guy in the apartment during the alien invasion that farted really stinkily all the time. And they set me up with the third most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. And that woman, Abraham Lincoln. Grandpa Glockenspiel laughed to himself. Polly and Robert gasped and then looked to each other and shook their heads. Grandpa, are you sure that woman wasn't Grandma and not Abraham Lincoln? That doesn't sound right. Grandma Caesar? I assure you I haven't had one of those myself, though I am very old. I'm quite fortunate. Yes, yes, of course it was your grandmother. All this time I just talked to the ambiguous person who I pumped butts with years before I might have just found... The woman of my third best dream sooner. But Grandpa, how do you even know they would have known Grandma? How do you know it didn't all just work out the best way it could have? Indeed, child, maybe it did. You've got a point. Grandpa Glockenspiel turned back to the stuffed animals. It probably did all work out. Also, their grandmother had had her own string of crazy divorces, and I think she might have even donated an organ then there herself before we found each other. We only considered each other as sloppy sixteenths, if I'm being perfectly honest, but it just turned into something more than that. But after all is said and done, I still miss my kidney. That concludes our adventure for today. Thank you for taking this journey through the crepuscular light adjacency. And remember, listen closely and you just might not learn anything at all.